Hello, welcome back to Good Fruit. I am Andrew Evans, just in case you don't know. And before I kick off my first episode, I just gotta let y'all know. Please make sure that what I say is biblically accurate. Please. I do not want to deceive y'all. I'm pretty sure everything I'm saying is biblically accurate. But just in case I make mistakes, because everyone makes mistakes, please make sure I'm right. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, whom primly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Please do not let me be the only source of the gospel for you. You got to read your Bible. Do not just rely on me. Because whenever I first started becoming a Christian, there were points where I just rely on teachers. And I didn't know at the time, but they were actually not teaching biblically. So before I get started, that's all I want to say. Speaking of false prophets that come in sheep's clothing, I'm just going to go ahead and say that prosperity gospel preachers are this way, along with many other American pastors and preachers, but that's for a later time. So what is the prosperity gospel? So in short, it's basically preachers slash pastors that teach you what you want to hear and make yourself feel all good about yourself and believe that it's God's will to make everyone prosperous. Hence the name prosperity gospel. Some of the heretics affiliated with this type of wrong gospel are Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, etc. I probably don't know who they are, but there's one that everyone knows. His name is Joel Osteen. And before I get started on the the slander, I'm not slandering him. I don't hate you, Joel. I just hate, I don't hate you at all. You seem like a dope guy, but I just completely disagree with your preaching because it's unbiblical, if you'd ask me. And honestly, it's kind of demonic. So I'm going to start off with some details about who Joel Olsen is. So if you don't know him, he's a famous preacher. You've probably seen or heard of him on TV. You probably recognize his face, I can tell you that at least. He's also a New York Times best-selling author. And a lot of his books have the title Your Best Life Now at the beginning. <laughs> And he's right. If you believe in what he says in these books, this will be your best life. It will be a whole lot better than your next one. I can guarantee you that. If you want your best life now, go ahead and practice and go for his theology. But if you want your best life forever, avoid it. Avoid it. Avoid the prosperity gospel. Avoid all of it. It's heresy. Anyways, he's also a pastor of Lakewood Church in Houston. And on TV, he has an average of 7 million viewers per sermon. And just a little side note, before I became a Christian, my mom used to have him on TV all the time. And I don't really remember much, but I remember watching. I don't remember what he was saying. But anyways, his message is not Christian at all. So I'm going to go over some of his quotes. So one quote of his is, friend, there's a miracle in your mouth. Uh, and what I'm replying with is Isaiah 6, 5, which says, Woe is me, 
for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among people of unclean lips. So yes, there is not a miracle in your mouth, because our lips are deceitful, as with our flesh. Second quote, God has already done everything he's going to do. The ball is in your court. The ball is never in your court. It's not. It is never going to be in your court because you are not in charge. This is not your life to live. I'm sorry. Most people don't want to hear that. But this is not your life to live. There's nothing you can do. Oh, my gosh. I swear. Then I'll tell you all he sounded like a motivational speaker because he basically is. Quote number three. You can be better. All right. I understand if you're not a Christian, this can really, but since he has the name title, his title is as a Christian, I, I just think it's complete heresy. He should not have the name Christian. I wouldn't really mind Joel Osteen if he was like a Gary V or something. Okay. He's like a Gary V or something like that. But since he has the title Christian, uh, it just makes me a little uncomfortable. So let me, let me say what his quote was again. You can be better. No, you can't. There's no such thing as a good person. No matter what, we are all sinners. And we're all stuck in this broken world. And we're all so broken. We're all so horrible that God had to send his son down to die for us. Because that we deserve to be on that cross. Let me get that point ahead. We deserve to be on there. But God sent the ultimate sacrifice, his son, to die and... By the way, dying on the cross is a really painful death. I was watching a sermon the other day, and you're on there. Not, and we're not even talking about like how he had carried the 300-pound cross and had the crown of thorns and whipped. And he had to be on the cross for approximately six hours. That's what I heard. Oh, my gosh. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here's another quote from his book, Becoming a Better You. This is his. I'm hoping to help you look inside yourself and discover the priceless seeds of greatness that God has in place for you. <coughs> Anyways. Oh, my gosh. All right, let me finish the quote. In this book, I will reveal to you seven keys that you can use to unlock those seeds of greatness, allowing them to burst forth and an abundantly blessed life. Yay. Yay. So we're so we're so great. All right. So here's I'm gonna play a video. It's Joel Osteen openly denying Christ. And it was on the Larry King show. Take a listen. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> Is he scared? I am too. He just said no. Did you not hear? Did you not hear him to say no? He just said no. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm interrupting. Let me continue. Let me continue with the bill. That's true, but he literally does openly denied that Jesus is the only way. Obviously, we can't judge someone. Okay, I'm going to continue it. Sorry for interrupting, guys. 
I don't know. I just, to me, it's not my business to say, you know, this one is. You're a pastor. 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 It is your business. You're a Christian. Or you claim to be a Christian. Of course, it's your business. Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying, here's what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way. You're like, I, I, this and then, no, no, there's only one way. That's what the Bible teaches. If you claim that Bible is the only way, Bible teaches, if you really follow the Bible, you know that Jesus is the only way, but he's openly denying it. Oh, my goodness. Faith in, uh, you know, in Christ. And yes. I just, I think it's wrong when I'm saying, you know, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going. Okay, but if you truly, uh, I, I, I kind of understand Oh, we should, we should, us Christians shouldn't be like, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're gay, you're going to like, First off, gay is not worse sin than yours. I'll give, that'll be a topic for later. Anyways, there can be gay people to go to heaven. Anyways, so what was that? Oh my gosh, I'm like going through such a rampage right now. Well, I think we should warn people, especially since you're a pastor or you claim to be a Christian. Because if you're a really Christian, you, you, you're not just going to let someone live their life and like not tell them the gospel. Be like, oh, I'm too shy to tell you the gospel, and I think you're going to hell. And you deep down, you people who claim to be Christians, they deep down they know that an unbeliever friend is going to hell. And I'm not saying like force it down their throat. That's not at all. I'm saying that you should tell them about it. And if they're like no, if they deny and they be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not good. I can't force you to do that. But you can you you got to tell them. You got to tell them, like, hey, this is what I believe. This is the truth. This is the Bible, which is supported by archaeological and scientific evidence. So, yeah, okay, let me continue. That's not exactly my way. I'm just I'm not going to be way. I believe my way. I believe my way with all my heart. Your, your way? Your way, it's the only way. It's not just your way. It's not like someone else has a different way. Well, I don't know if I look at it like that. Well, I don't know if I look at it like that. I'm just going to let God be the judge of that. I don't know. I don't know. Are you kidding me, bro? Are you kidding me, Joel? Oh, my goodness. All right. No, I just, you know what? That's ironic because you do not, you do not present the truth. It is. Yes, obviously it's your choice if you don't want to believe in God. You could choose. If we go to hell, made a choice on earth to be separated from God. You get to choose. But, however, semicolon, however, comma, you need to warn them. Especially since you're a pastor, it is your duty to warn them. Our heart is wickedly deceitful. There's no good heart, anyways. Oh my gosh! Wow. <sighs> okay. Whoa! Oh, shut up. Sorry, the next link played. Anyways, I know a lot of people know who he is because he's rich rich he's really rich but okay i have to defend joel for a second because most of his money he all of his money he doesn't receive a salary from the church or anything he makes all his money from people buying his books which 
are actually like really trash. I don't know why anyone would want to buy them, but people buy them, and that's how he makes his millions of dollars. Man, imagine wasting that much money. Okay, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of Joel Osteen out for today. Uh, I'll definitely talk about him more, but reading and listening to him just gives me a complete headache. So what I'm going to talk about next is, is the mark of the beast the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine? We'll be right back on Good Fruit. This is a big question. Is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? I've heard this question a lot, and I will answer it. But we need to remember a key interpretive principle context first. So what is the context of the mark of the beast? You might ask. It is found in the book of Revelation. Revelation is an apocalyptic imagery we get from John that tells us about the end times. Are we in the millennium reign? No. Has the tribulation started? And has it happened? No. I don't think at this point in biblical timeline we can even get the mark of the beast. But we know that the beast, which is also known as the Antichrist, performs great signs. And it says you can't sell or buy if you do not have the mark. There's been a lot of talk about if you don't think you get the coronavirus vaccine, you won't be able to buy or sell, you won't be able to travel and all this. And even if that happens, will the mark of the beast be the vaccine? No, it won't. Because it will have nothing to do with whom you worship. So given the context of revelations, the people who don't get the mark of the beast are like, no, I don't want to worship you. I will not bow down to you. I won't accept this. Because so many people have already gotten the vaccine, it seems pretty obvious that we would know. We would know by now. But for personally, if you want to get the vaccine, I don't really care. I think it's kind of stupid if you've already had COVID. But if you haven't, if you're really that scared of it, I'll, I mean, I don't really care. I'm not going to get it because it hasn't been tested. Enough. This has nothing to do with religion, religion or anything like that. I, I don't want to get it yet, at least. If it's available in the distant future, maybe like, or I really hope we, oh, I really hope it's not mandated. If it is, that's, I mean, it's not really that big of a deal, but I guess I'll have to get it. I'm not going to like go against authorities and be like, because, like, if I don't get it and they, you have to have it for buying or selling or going to school, then I'll just be homeless. So I'm not going to do that. So, that, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Mark of the Beast right now. Welcome back to Good Fruit. So what we'll be talking about next is, it's a book I'm reading right now. It's called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. A devout Muslim encounters Christianity. This is lovely. It's by Nabal Qureshi. Qureshi. Anyway, so I'm just going to read the back right now to give some context. 
So, in Seeking Allah, Finding Christ, now expanded with bonus content. Ooh. Nabel Qureshi describes his dramatic journey from Islam to Christianity, complete with friendships, investigations, and supernatural dreams along the way. Providing an intimate window into a loving Muslim home, Qureshi shares how he developed a passion for Islam before discovering, almost against his will, evidence that Jesus rose from the dead and claimed to be God. And able to deny the arguments, not by wanting to deny his family, Qureshi struggled with an inner turmoil that will challenge Christians, Muslims, and all those who are interested in the world's great religions. Exchanging and thought-provoking, Seeking Hala, Finding Jesus, tells a powerful story of the clash between Islam and Christianity in one man's heart, and of the peace he eventually found in Jesus. So I'm kind of a little more than halfway done with this book. And I realized that I used to think like the stereotypical Muslim was like really like, blah, 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 you know, that, that's, also, <laughs> that's such a horrible way to describe it. But like, they're actually pretty friendly, or at least his family was in his community. But uh, there actually really is not a lot of evidence behind Muslim. I mean, Islam, not Muslim, behind Islam. And that's explained throughout the book. And I didn't realize how much evidence there was for Christianity. It seems so obvious. But, uh, yeah, it's a really good book. I highly suggest checking it out. This is the first time, like, I've really, like, read, like, besides, like, the Bible, like, for fun. And it's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. It's a little hard to focus because you all know I have horrible ADHD. But whenever, like, it starts to become interesting, I really like it. There's also another book I want to recommend. It's called The Action Bible. It's literally just the Bible, but it's like it's like comics. It's like you can read it and it's like a comic book. Uh, I use that with the Old Testament because I, sometimes Old Testament is like very, it's just like historical documents and stuff like that. So it kind of like, if you really want to learn biblical stories, I highly recommend The Action Bible. Now, if we want to prove Christianity to someone else, this is an interesting topic because what, however you approach this could really determine if they, if they actually want to listen to you, if they actually care. You need to approach, you need to, okay, I'm going to try to say, you, you can't just go jabbing, 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 jabbing at them. You need to be calm, cool, collected. That's what I say. And you need to like, you need to actually have a third. It should not be an argument. It should be a discussion, debate. But just like, that's, that's how it was in the Seeking Allah Finding Christ. Uh, Mike, who was the, uh, the person who wrote the book's friend, who was a Christian, who showed Nobel to Christianity, was very calm about it. It was very like, it, it took time to convince Nobel. It took him over like a few years. You're not going to be able to convince someone of Christianity in just five seconds. So that's why you need to take time, be calm about it. Don't just jab at them. Be like, because if you just if you approach someone like straight up and it's like, hey, you're going to hell. They're not good. They're, they're going to be like, screw you. I'm not listening to you. I hate you. You need to be calm. You need to be calm about it. You can't just be so reckless about it. One thing that I did learn from seeking Allah, finding Christ. Finding Jesus, sorry, is that you should not 
just rely on what your parents tell you. And what I mean is religion-wise, you should make that decision for yourself. Don't let others tell you. I think, obviously, Christianity has the most, most evidence. But whenever you're looking to see what, like, what the truth is, like what the meaning of life is, you need to use evidence. Don't just rely on me. Don't rely on other people. Find the evidence. Look for the evidence to come to the conclusion for yourself. See, that's what I did. Whenever I was agnostic, atheist type, I was like, okay, I want Christianity to be true, but I need to find the evidence. Because everyone I've known just follows Christianity blindly, usually because their parents are Christian and they say they're raised Christian. But I think you need to make that, you need to make that journey for yourself, like what I did. Also, one reason why pe- so many people are drawn away from the faith is because of Christians, because of us. So many quote-unquote Christians just judge people for their sin. Like if they're a homosexual, they're like, oh my gosh, you're a homosexual, you're going to hell. Who, who is without sin? Who's without sin? Stop judging other people, because that's like a main, like Nil Law's ex. His music video was pretty weird. I might, I'll probably go over it later, but... It was just, he said that the Christians drew him away from the faith because they were so anti-gay. And I'm not saying homosexuality is not a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. We need to get that straight. But you need to stop judging them. You know what? The next segment I'm going to do is I'm going to go over Lil Nas X music video and commentate on it. We'll be right back. Good fruit. Welcome back to Good Fruit. So, what I'm going to do next, right now, is we're going to listen to Lil Nas X's music video. So, right now, there's a lot of controversy over the video. And actually, he's making Satan shoes. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And it has a Bible verse on it, and it's about, oh, wow, I can, what is it? It's like Satan falling from heaven. So, these people are glorifying the loser, basically, because Satan's the loser, and you will always be the loser. This is interesting. All right, let's listen to the music. So it looks like he's. It looks like he's in the Garden of Eden. I'm pretty sure that's a biblical reference because that, there's a lot for the bad part, of course, because there's a lot of those in the music video. All right, there's a snake. Okay, this is definitely the Garden of Eden. Okay, there. Okay, at the top of the snake is like a dude. He has a third. I knew. I always knew the third eye. New spirituality was satanic. I knew it. It's so sweet. Okay, keep listening. Oh, okay. That's kind of interesting. Oh, okay, that's weird. 
He's like, he's using, he's like opening his third eye. Okay, so the snake is represents Satan, at least in the Bible. So it's like Satan is opening his third eye and he's showing Lil Nas X it. Okay. And it's like Lil Nas X is being hypnotized. And honestly, I know he didn't intend this, but that's a really good interpretation of what Satan does. He blinds everyone and he distracts everyone. So yeah. Okay, now <laughs> the uh, snake, Satan, is laying on top of Lil Nas X. And they are now kissing. All right. Okay, now he's sexually touching his. And oh, okay, that's gross. Uh, I'm not going to say what he just did. Okay, so now it looks like there's there's three little Nas X's. All right. And the one on the left and the right, they're dre he's dressed like a woman. And in the middle, it looks Okay, he wants to feel on my ass. Okay. Sorry for the French. But I was just co quoting what he just said. Uh, okay. So, oh my gosh. He said he has jet lag from effing and flying. All right. Well, he's in chains. I feel like it's like a really good representation of what Satan does. Right. Okay. All right. That's interesting because there's an angel coming from the top of the sky. And I know that God says in the Bible that Satan is disguised as an angel of light. I wonder if he used that. And now he's ascending up to what looks like heaven, but or I mean like what people think heaven looks like. Oh, okay. So now he gone to a pole <laughs> and now he's uh, stripping. All right. He's looks like he's stripping down to hell. So it looks like, okay, he's stripping on the pole and he's descending into hell right now. Okay, so now he's, it looks like he's entering like a dungeon down in hell. All right, let's see what happens. There's fire everywhere, of course. Okay, so now he looks like he's giving Satan a lap down. And oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I would not watch this if I were you. This like pisses me off. Like I'm trying to make jokes, but this is pissing me off, kind of. Okay, so he just gave Satan kind of like a grind and lap dance. Oh, wow, that was really sexual. All right.
okay, he just killed Satan, took off his head thing, and it looks like he's a demon. Wow, that uh, I tried to seem I tried to seem like not like really strict about it, but honestly, that really did kind of make me uncomfortable. It it's just it, it just shows that I'm laughing out of like sorrow, I'm not laughing at this. Thing. It it just shows that Satan isn't even hiding. He, he's not. And you look around us, new age spirituality. Is like worship even Satan is now a new religion. Like so, he's not even hiding. I'm used to him, like since, like people being like follow your own heart, self esteem. That 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 comes from Satan, and that's what he's hiding now. Like so many people are just fine with it. And that new dating commercial, like well, it's probably not new when you listen to this now. But it's like this girl goes on a date with Satan, and it's like they like go with the hell and it's like it, uh, it's like they're being no, so nonchalant about this and obviously they don't believe it but it is real uh, oh my gosh I don't know what to take from this it was very uh, very interesting I really hope the Christians respond well to this uh, because he's looking for a Christian response and this is my response but I'm afraid I'm afraid a lot of Christians are going to uh I don't know, respond incorrectly, if I must say. Well, I feel like we should just pray about this. Because it is 4.2 million likes. 4.2 million likes. And not just Lil Nas X, the whole rap industry is satanic, but we'll get into that later. I'm focused on Lil Nas X right now. So, wow, it is 4.2 million likes and 117 views. Wow, it, why is this not, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just very demonic. Oh, and you can't argue that it's not demonic. It's very clear. Satan, he's not hiding anymore, guys. He's not. He's not. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's just, we are, we are in the end time. I'm going to go ahead and say we are. Not just from this video, but from society as a whole. And yes, I know Revelations does not revolve around America, it revolves around Israel. But just society as a whole, all everywhere around, like all this sin is being normalized. Worshiping Satan is being normalized. Homosexuality is being normalized. Every other sin is being normalized. And wow, I, I really think that we are definitely in the end times. Wow. Or at least in the birthing pain of the end times. That's just wow. So I hope y'all liked my first episode. This was my first episode. And I really hope that y'all will listen to the other episode. Because I'll probably make more. And obviously I'm not just gonna preach the gospel. That is the most important thing in the world in the universe, obviously, but I'll probably talk about other stuff too. But I think mainly I'm gonna be preaching the gospel in talk about biblical and social news. And I'll probably have guests on here. My brother, he's a born-again Christian. He he just became born-again a few years ago. I'll probably have him on the podcast whenever he comes home from medical school. And I'll have friends who have different viewpoints on this, who uh, maybe have different theological uh, opinions than I do. And, and I'll probably have non-believers on here. All right. So thank you for listening to my first episode. And have a good day from Good Fruit.